Look please in the scriptures to Matthew the 16th chapter. Matthew 16. We've been on a topic for a few weeks now. Just a few. On a, a series that we're calling the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. And it's based on uh, this passage here. Matthew 16 and 13. Matthew 16, 13. uh, When Jesus came. Into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples. He said whom do men say. That I the son of man am. And. uh, They said some say you're John the Baptist. Some Elijah. Others Jeremiah. One of the prophets. And you'll find Similar thing today. If you ask people, if you stop somebody on the street and say, uh, you ever heard about Jesus? They'd probably say, yeah, I've heard about Jesus. Well, who do you think he is? Well, some say, you know, he's a, he's a great teacher. Some say he's a great example. Some say this, some say that. A prophet. Verse 15. But he said to them, the twelve, Who do you say that I am? And that is the big deal. Who do you say? And this is perhaps the most important question of your life. Who do you say he is? If you think he's just a historical figure, you know, then according to the Bible, you're not saved, you're lost. So it matters hugely who you say he is. Who do you say that I am? Uh, Next verse. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Give that man a prize. He He got it right. And so if you're wondering what the correct answer is to who is Jesus, here it is. I said, here it is. And if you're not, you know, convinced that this is the truth, then, old friend, do not stop until you get it settled. Don't think, well, I don't know if I agree with you or not. Forget about me. This is between you and God. Is it real or is it not? Who is he? I'm so glad. Years ago, I got it settled. I'm convinced. I'm fully persuaded. Who is Jesus? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'd like to hear you say it. Who who is Jesus? Who is he? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is he? And I would add this, and my Savior, and my Savior, and my Savior, I've received him as my Savior. Christ means the Messiah, the anointed one, who is the Savior of the world. Keep going. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Keep going. 
And I say to you, you are Peter, which means a rock, and upon this rock, which means a a big, massive foundation rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the revelation that he just spoke. He is the foundation And he is building his church to this very day, still building his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if you you weren't with us last Sunday, we got into some detail about the gates. And uh, gates don't attack. When's the last time you got attacked by a gate? Uh Uh-uh. What do gates do? They keep things, if they're locked, they keep people out, and they, or they keep somebody in, right? And so uh, the Lord's building his church, and you know what the church is being built out of? Those who are born again are living stones, living stones that are sealed into this edifice, this structure that is the church of the living God, also called the body of Christ. There's more than one uh, example. But uh, any time you see lost people, and these would be people who are behind the gates, under the power and control of darkness. Come on, can you see this? When you see these folks, you should think building supplies. Is that right? Building, what, what do you mean? Well, when, when, the, when the building is finished, when the last living stone is set in place and the gospel is preached all over the world, the scripture said the Lord's going to come. He's going to come back. And so uh, uh, the, the powers of darkness cannot hold and dominate and control and keep people from being saved, there are people coming out of this into the kingdom daily. Are you glad about it? But now look at the the next verse. He said, and I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. Now, keys of the kingdom, key means just like you think, keys, like to a door or like to a gate, keys. But keys are control. If you have the keys to something, you can control it. If you got the keys to a car, you can control the car, you can use the car. You got keys to a house, you can go in the house, you can lock up the house, not let other people get in the house. You got, you got control. Keys are control. And he said, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are those keys? He tells you immediately. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's talking about divine delegated authority that's backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit. The authority and the power, the right and the might, 
the right to do it, the might to accomplish it, the authority and the power to bind, which means to, to tie up, to, to stop, or to loose, to untie, to allow, to set free. Hallelujah. These keys have been given to us, to the church. Now, in, uh, in Matthew 28, if you'll notice, Matthew 28, 18, after Jesus had gone to the cross and then he has raised from the dead, he made this statement. He said to them, all power, and this is the word for authority, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. How many believe that? All authority. Somebody say all authority. All authority. In heaven and earth is given to me. We read last week in Revelation 1. Revelation 1, 17 and 18. That when John saw him. He said he fell at his feet. And in Revelation 1, 17. He said fear not. I am the first and the last, and he who is living, he said, and was dead, verse 18, and lo, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and of death. Now, if you read Hebrews, you'll find that the devil used to have the power of death, used to. He had the power of death, is what the verse says. And uh, why? Because that's what happened when Jesus died. And he overcame all of that. And he triumphed over it and rose the third day. He took that away. And now has the keys of death and hell. And he's alive forevermore. Now... Most Christians believe this. What do you mean? They believe that Jesus has all authority. They believe he has all power. But they don't believe they have any. They believe he does. But not them. And that's a big problem. Notice the very next verse. Where he says all Power, all authority in, in Matthew 28, 18. All power, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. And what does the very next verse say? So you go. So you go. Go, you go. Like Mark says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Now Mark adds some, some detail. He says, you go here and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, you must have authority to do this, right? Well, him telling you to go is authority, is being authorized. And, and you remember in, uh, in Mark, Mark 16, 15 and 16 through there, he said, uh, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons or spirits. 
Well, you'd have to have authority to do that. You don't think so? I mean, how could you do it without authority to do it and without power to do it? Can you see these two go together? When he says, all authority has been given me in heaven and earth. So you go. You go and you proclaim the good news to everybody and you cast out spirits and you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Sounds like delegation. Sounds like authorization. Sounds like empowerment. He did the same thing with the twelve. You remember in in Luke 9 and 10, he talks about that. He gave them power and authority over all diseases and to cast out spirits. Then he did that with an additional 70. Not just the 12, but an additional 70. And this was just in his earthly ministry. And now that he has raised from the dead, and he got all the keys, and he got all the power, and he got all the authority, and before he left, he said, I got it all. I've got it all. So, here you go. Here you go. I'm authorizing you. I'm empowering you. I'm sending you. Did he say it or not? Look with me in Ephesians, please. Ephesians, the first chapter. Now, we looked at this last week. I want us to look at it again. Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 go into detail about what happened when Jesus went to the cross, went to the heart of the earth, what he accomplished when he was raised from the dead. This is something we should uh, give much thought and meditation to, what he did what he accomplished, what it means to us, how it affects us. In Ephesians 1, he, uh, let's just begin reading in uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. See, not, not going to, not is in the process of, hath blessed us with all. How much? All All spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Somebody say, I'm accepted. accepted. In the beloved. beloved. What does that mean? You have found where you belong. You are accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, 
that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And even today, part of the family is on earth and part of the family is already in heaven. You got folks that are already there? Yeah, and they're looking forward to you coming. They are. And it says, uh, verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Hallelujah. Who have? We have. We have, say it out loud, we have obtained an inheritance. What's an inheritance? Well, it's just what you think it is. Somebody died and left you something. I said somebody died and left you something big. Big. And in this case, the one who died rose again to make sure you enjoy what he left you. Wow. It's time to say wow. Inheritance. Now, do you believe this? Well, what did you inherit? What did you inherit? I think this is a real weakness in the church. I think this is a real area of lack of knowledge. And this is not an isolated verse about inheriting and being an heir. You'll find numerous places in the New Testament that talk about our inheritance. Somebody said out loud, I have a great inheritance. Just, just go ahead and pray it right now. Say, Father God, reveal to me what our inheritance is what my inheritance is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's really the next couple of verses. That's what he he prayed for them. We're going to see it in just a moment. But he said, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. In whom, now you'll keep hearing that phrase, don't you? In whom, in whom, or in him, talking about Christ. In him, in whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom... Also after that you believed, you were sealed. See, I told you, you are a living stone who were sealed into your place in the body of Christ, into the church of the living God. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. This is a big part of your inheritance. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the earnest, the first part, not all of it, 
But the first part of our inheritance is the receiving and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit right here, right now. The earnest, the first fruit, you get now. There's more to come. A whole lot more. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. He will quicken you for service. And then when the trump sounds, he's going to really zap you. You're going to get really zapped. This mortal is going to be made immortal. You'll get the rest of your physical inheritance. For your body. You get the, the first part of it now. Is the quickening and healing. And strengthening for service. It won't be enough. To, to keep you from aging and getting old. It won't be enough to keep you know. To keep you from being mortal. But it's enough. To keep you serviceable. Uh, and keep you. Keep you strong enough. Functional. And keep everything going and working. Right? That's part of your inheritance. Part of your inheritance. That Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. A promise. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Until the redemption of the purchased possession. Unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord. And the love unto the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. That the God. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now he is praying a prayer for the saints at Ephesus that they would see and realize and come into an awareness and a working knowledge of three main things. Three big things. He's praying, Lord... Basically, you know, open the eyes of their heart and understanding, give them revelation, give them wisdom in the knowledge of Jesus about, and he's going to name three things. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, number one, the hope of his calling. Hallelujah. You have been called. I said you have been called. Did you hear the call? I'm not a preacher. I didn't say you was a preacher. I said you've been called. You've been called. Out of darkness. Into. His glorious light. You've been called. To be a witness. For him. You've been called. Did I lose somebody? Somebody say I've been called. And we need revelation Of what this call entails. And that's what he's praying for them. Lord enlighten the eyes of their heart. Help them to realize. Their call. So sit out loud. Father God. God, Open the eyes of my heart. heart. Help me to realize. realize The hope. hope Of the calling. calling. And then number two. We've already been talking about this. Number two. What the riches. Of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Does he want us to know what we've inherited? Oh, yes, he does. 
I said, yes, he does. He wants us to know. What did we inherit? Now, like I said, most Christians, most church-going people, they believe Jesus was successful in his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension. They believe he conquered death and the grave and paid the price for sin. They believe he is triumphant. They believe and will shout with you that he has the keys and he has the authority and he has the power. But they don't believe they do. They believe he does. (laughs) But not them. But the issue is So Jesus did all that he did for himself. Did he need it for himself? He didn't have any sins of his own to pay for. Did he need to break out of darkness? No. No. All that he did, he did for us. All that he accomplished, he accomplished for us. His victory is our victory. And here's the thing. His inheritance is our inheritance. Oh, you get this and you're going to be too much for the enemy to handle. His inheritance is our inheritance. See, why is the Spirit of God prompting Paul to pray this? To pray for them, and of course it's recorded for us as well, that what? That you would know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This inheritance, it's rich. Rich as. It's glorious. This inheritance. That's the number two thing. The number three thing was, and... That you would know and realize what is the exceeding greatness of his power. To us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name. Somebody say every name. Every name. Every name that is named Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And it's not a period. I said, and it's not a period. It's not a period. Jesus did all this. The the exceeding greatness of the power of God raised him from the dead. Why did he need to be raised from the dead? Not for his sins. Not for his judgment. So when Jesus was judged for sins, that was my sin, your sin, judged. And when he died, that was our death. And when he was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead. Oh, come on, can you see it or not? And when he inherited, we inherited. That's why he keeps saying, in him, in him, in whom. In whom, in whom? I'm in him. And in him, I have eternal life. In him, I have the name. In him, I have the inheritance. Hallelujah, in him. We need to meditate on this. 
We need to confess it. We need to think about it. Talk about it. I've inherited something. Something eternal. He said. All of this has happened. He's been raised from the dead. He set him at his own right hand. Far above the principalities and powers. And, and giving him a name. It's above every name. And verse 22. Are you reading? And. And. Have put all things under his feet. Where's his feet? In the body. I'm in the body. Somewhere. You're in the body. Is that right? Somewhere. Didn't the Bible tell us? He's the head. We're the body. He's put all things under his feet. And in case you didn't get it. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. The church. Which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you Lord. Now skip down in the second chapter to the fifth verse. 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sins. This is Ephesians 2, 5. He has quickened us together with Christ. Somebody say with Christ. With Christ. By grace you are saved. Is it true when he was made alive, that's how I was made alive. And keep reading. And... Verse 6. Come on, are you with me now? And, somebody say and, and, and he has done something else. He's raised us up together. What? With him. When he was raised up, we were raised up. Everything he did, he did for us. And, and made us sit together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What do you mean sit together? Where is he seated? At the right hand of majesty on high, which is the highest seat of authority in the universe. And he made us. When he was raised, I was raised. When when, When he was quickened and made alive, I was made alive. When he was raised... I was raised. And when he sat down at the right hand, I sat down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His victory is my victory. His inheritance is my inheritance. Hallelujah. He is called the firstborn of many brethren. He is called the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. Who are the other born again ones? That he's the firstborn of. Who are the kings he's king of? Who are the lords he's lord of? Has he made us kings and priests unto our God? And we will rule and reign with him. It is written. Woo. Does that sound in in harmony, in agreement with him saying, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Go to Hebrews 1, please. Hebrews 1. This stir you up a little bit? Oh, it should. 
It should. If you believe it, it will. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, what he has done for us. Oh, what he has done. What he has done for us. We will, we will thank him and praise him and bless him forever for what he has done for us. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1 and 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in different manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. Now, how many in the church believe this, that Jesus has been appointed heir of all things? That means he inherited. Say it out loud. Jesus is the heir of all things. He's the heir of all things. Hallelujah. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, where? Where? On the right hand of the majesty on high. And we just got through reading. He caused us to sit down together with him. Did he? I didn't write that. Quickened together. Raised up together. Seated together. It is written. Hallelujah. Sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Being made so much better than the angels. As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. Somebody say name. Name than they. Jesus' name he inherited. By inheritance, he's obtained a more excellent name. We just got through reading and you'll find it in other places. That name, the name of the head of the church, the name of Jesus, the Christ, is the name above. Above all other names. At that name. Every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess. That Jesus. That name. That name. Jesus is Lord. To the glory and praise of God the Father. Oh did he, did he get the name? Come on did he? Did he get the name? Did he get the name? And we see that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he operated in this binding and loosing. We looked last week, that woman that had to issue, excuse me, the spirit of infirmity and was bent over for all those, what, 18 years, I guess. He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. He touched her instantly. She was made straight. She she was loosed. Jesus did this. He, he, He ministered in this binding and loosing. 
It continued after Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended. You see it in the book of Acts. Don't you? you? You see it with Peter and John. You see it with different ones. Were people healed? Were people delivered? Were people loose? It's still going on in the book of Acts. Why? By the name. By the name. The man that was healed at the gate called Beautiful. You know, when that happened and the whole city was in an uproar about it. And Peter said this. He said, why look on us? It's by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk. Which does away with the thought that Peter had the keys by himself. Uh Uh-uh. He said it was the name. It was the name. Hallelujah. That made this man whole. What name? What name? Jesus got this name by inheritance. What does that mean? The father gave him this name when he was raised. He, the father spoke over him and said, this day I have begotten you. And I mean, the heart of the earth shook and the chains fell off and Jesus got the keys of death and of hell and the grave and is raised triumphantly over it all. And has this exceedingly powerful name. And before you get through reading the chapter. In the 14th verse. 14th verse of the same chapter. It talks about angels. How they're different. Are these angels not all ministering spirits. Sent forth to minister for them. Who shall be. Heirs of salvation. Who's that talking about? Well, just a few verses earlier, he's talking about what Jesus inherited. So now why is he talking about us? Because we are heirs too. Oh, go to the ninth chapter of Hebrews here. Jesus inherited something. Hebrews 9 and verse 15. Now if you're interested in this, take some time and read carefully this whole book of Hebrews. Because there's a lot in here about this. In Hebrews 9 15 he said, For this cause he, Jesus, is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first Testament. Now the word testament can also be translated covenant. Covenant. They which are called might receive. Now did we we just get through reading in Ephesians about the call? Are you called? Yeah. The first thing you've been called out of darkness. Into his glorious light. Called out of death. Into life. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. Keep reading. For where a testament is, or a covenant, which is also a will, there must also be necessity, of necessity be the death of the testator, or the one who wrote the will. Keep reading. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. Well, what is 
the will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ever heard of New Testament? (laughs) Have you read the will? You were left something. I said, have you read the will? Most people hadn't. And if they read it, they didn't read it like it was the will. You've been left something amazing. You've been left something huge. You've been left something eternal. You need to find out what you've been left. You need to find out. Lord, what what did you leave me? (laughs) What, What did you leave me, Lord? What does he have? What is his? Go to Romans, the eighth chapter. Oh, praise God. We've already talked about that he has the keys of death and hell and the grave. He has all authority in heaven and earth. He has the name above every name that he has inherited. How does that affect us? Most of the church doesn't think it does. They think, well, he's got it. Yeah, I, you know, I wish he would use it more for me sometime. But, but he's, you know, let's just pray and beg him to, to use it for us. No, 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 no. Before we read Romans, I'm going to read another couple of scriptures, just a, you know, a little booster shot here. Galatians 3, 18 If inheritance is of the law, it's no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What? The inheritance. And if you be Christ, would anybody raise a hand and say, verse 29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs, heirs, according to the promise. Somebody say, I'm an heir. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. Why? Because I'm, I'm related. I'm a relation. I'm the seed of Abraham. And uh, in Galatians 4 and 6 and 7, it says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. If a son, then you are an heir. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. And I am an heir of God. Through Christ. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. And Romans 8, finally. Romans 8. Similar thing here. The reason he says, well, you're, you're not just a servant. You're a son. And when he says son, he's not just talking about male. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. So all of us are the sons of God in that respect. But ministering spirits, angels, are not the sons of God. They're, they're servants. But we're not servants. We're sons. Well, why would he say that in that? Because the, the very next phrase he says, and, and since you're a son, you're an heir. Servants don't inherit. It's family that inherits. And you are family because of your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. 
And now the, his spirit, which is the, the earnest of your inheritance, causes your heart to know that you're a child of God and causes your heart to cry, Abba. Which means we'd say, Daddy, Father. Because you belong in the family. And here's something that we need to shout about. Romans 8, 15. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now if you read through Ephesians where we were earlier, you'll find he goes into detail about talking about how that we were outside of the covenant of God. We were without God. We were without hope. We were on the outside looking in. We were not going to inherit anything where we were. But, oh, by the mercy of God, with his great love wherewith he loved us, You know, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he caused us to be saved and born again. And we have been, uh, we've been born again and placed into the family of God. Even those who would have been a wild olive branch have been grafted into those that, you know, you would look at our lineage and go, they don't get to inherit anything. But we have been adopted. Woo! Hallelujah! And we really are now in the family of God. We really are the sons of the living God. And we can call the creator of the universe Father. And he calls us his child. And we can call Jesus Brother. Now, he is also our Lord, but he is also big brother. (laughs) Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, or other translations say himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God. Oh, come on, do you see this next phrase? Oh, you didn't see this. Do you believe you're an heir? Do you believe that Jesus inherited all things and all power and all authority and a name that's above every name? And do you believe you are equal heir with Jesus? Joint. Joint heir. Joint heir. You know, if Dave and I are brothers in the same family, and our father passes on, and he was very wealthy, and they read the will, and they say, You two are joint heirs. What does that mean? Does that mean Dave has it all? No. <laughs> huh? What does it mean, joint heir? Joint heir. Joint heir. Most of the church has not believed this. Not even dared to believe this. It is written. I said it's in the Bible. Come on, read it out loud. Verse 17. If children. Are we the children of God? 
I mean, most people would agree with that. If children, then we are also heirs. heirs. How many believe that part? I've inherited something. Heirs of God. Heirs of God. Now, man, that's saying something. Heirs of God. Come on, say the next part. And, and, joint heir with Christ. What does joint heir mean? Joint heir. If Dave and I, you know, the same family, and the will says we're joint. We're joint heirs of the lands, the houses, the money, the stuff. What does that mean? I got as much right to it as he does. He's got as much right to it. Is that right? Is I do. Is that true or not? Joint heir. Joint heir. Joint heir. If you look up the words, it can even be translated equal heir. Join air. Why? Well, it shouldn't shock us because he came to do it for us in the first place. He got it for us. He got the authority for us. He got the empowerment for us. He got the, the inheritance for us. Say it out loud. I am a child of God. I am an heir of the Father. And I am A joint heir heir with Jesus, Jesus. my brother, brother. the Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now. 1 John 4.17 says. As he is. So are we. In this world. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge. You can become a word sender today. For more information. Visit our website. At morelife.org.